Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV News Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Just about. It is the final Almost Cancelled TV News Podcast of the year. This will be our last one until 2023, which isn't that long away. It's like two weeks, yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. There's the... We're not going to be back on day one. Well, no, but like it's usually not that much news during christmas week so uh this will be the last one of the year and then we'll be back maybe a week into into january so uh, have no fear we will return but uh, we actually have quite a a busy episode to to wrap up with um mm. and i'd say it's because we have two weeks worth because we didn't get a chance to record one last week but most of it was from this week to be honest so uh a little bit of serendipity then everyone's getting their news out before christmas so yeah, uh, but as always, we go. We have pilots, renewals, cancellations, all that kind of stuff. Any other interesting tidbits from the the genre TV world or anything that seems worth talking about? Uh, and I promise we won't talk about why Netflix should go weekly this episode. Okay, I make no such promises. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll start off with renewals. Uh, so Quantum Leap's been renewed for season two, NBC. Uh, so. That's good for you. I know you've been watching it, but I know it was a kind of allegedly it was on the bubble. So I don't think it was as on the bubble as you seem to think it was. I've seen so many articles talking about being on the bubble. It was like probably the highest performing new show NBC had. So that you know, I mean, maybe they could have cancelled everything, but which is, is is always possible. But it's uh, happened yeah. it, it never felt that precarious. Uh, it's doing well on Peacock as well, apparently, because that's obviously where NBC oh, stuff yeah. go. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, during the mid-season break this has happened, because it's uh, been on a break for the last, like, I don't know, four weeks, some of that. It's back on, like, the 2nd of January, so... It's quite an early break, and then back very quick as well, but in terms of usually you know, a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, so the, the the gap's about the same, it's just, they just started earlier. Yeah. Uh, For for whatever reason, I thought maybe it's just because what what they had ready in the can, or maybe it's just uh, works out with their schedule better, I don't know, but... Uh, there's been eight episodes so far, which notably though, this is the other thing that was interesting about it, is that there was no breaks in those first eight, which for a mm. network TV show that starts in September is kind of... Almost unheard of. Yeah, because I, I kept expecting like a, just a couple of weeks off at some point, and it never happened, and then it was like, oh no, it's, that's its mid-season finale. I was like, oh, okay. So maybe they've made a conscious choice to try and air it in two big chunks rather than all these little gaps, and this is part of the byproduct I would probably expect some gaps if it's back so early in january yeah well i would too if it was 22 episodes but it's not it's uh it's only going to i think 16 so mm. maybe then yeah yeah so they may just do the, the back half all, all in one go as well maybe they want to rush it out so then maybe that's why it's stand back so early so then they can not rush it out but like you know have it out ready for you know march time when they can start something else ah maybe they've got some march mid-season stuff uh, yeah. coming in uh so good news regardless uh if you've been enjoying the show um so i'll be back uh, for season two uh, later next year presumably unless, unless they hold it to mid-season for the start of 2024 which they might but uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's coming for season two uh and then also renewed uh this one's uh even earlier than halfway through its season it's before its next season even premieres and that is yellow jackets has been renewed for season three and season two is not even premiering until March, so they are showing some confidence with this, uh, which is which is neat. Uh, season two got like ordered 
when only a few episodes of season one had aired, so even that was kind of early as well. So this uh, clearly Showtime has a hit, and they're, yeah. they're happy to ride it out, I guess. Yeah, you you went back and watched season one not that long ago, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went back and watched it, and yeah, yeah. it's a mystery show that I think will probably benefit if they have a good idea that they're getting, you know, their you know whatever the whole run that they want is. It'll benefit. There, from there them might knowing. be some behind the scenes kind of conversations along those lines of look we need some sort of security so we can at least kind of plan what we're doing long term yeah because you know it's just one of these shows where there's multiple timelines and there's all these like reveals happening and season one had a lot but you know clearly there's going to be more as it goes on mm. uh, i suspect that some uh security probably is a good idea with that but anyway uh, season three has been renewed uh or it's been renewed for season three i should say so that's Yellow Jackets. I'm sure that pleased some people this week as well. Um, also renewed for season two at Disney Plus is the Santa Clauses, uh, which I was under the assumption this was a limited series, <laughs> but I, I guess not. These Disney Plus shows, you can never tell. It's just some come back for season two and some are like, no, that was always just one thing. Sometimes they just make up on the spot. Yes. So... Yeah, the season one finale is just coming out this week, uh, or this coming week. Kind of ma- makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess they timed it so that it would end just before Christmas. That makes sense. You got a deadline, right? Yeah. At the same time, they could have started it around Christmas, but then I suppose it would feel really out of date by the time you get to the finale at the end of January. Yeah, and uh, not, not to break your promises or anything, but that's something that Netflix can do, you know, like they drop that whole season, they can drop it on Christmas Eve and be like, hey, you're going to watch it all now and, you, and you're going to enjoy your Christmas content. Whereas Disney Plus have not been doing that, so they kind of have to start it earlier. I mean, Netflix can attempt that. <laughs> well, how many people actually watch all of it in the Christmas season is another question. Yeah. Another question yeah. entirely. Uh, and then proving that HBO Max are actually renewing something uh, they have renewed sort of for season three. For the sort of renewing something. I'm just gonna let that joke die to death. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was awful. I'm very tired. But uh, well, they've renewed the second thing as well. They've also renewed the Sex Lives of College Girls for season three. So, admittedly, uh, I've it, I've heard of neither of these shows, but me either. But I'm assuming we've got you know, there's there's bigger profile HBO Max stuff to to talk about than. Oh, there is, yes. Are. But it's not in the renewals, so you're not getting that. It's not, no. I'm just like, yeah, well, 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 yeah. the more interesting stuff will come in later. Yeah. Uh, Fraggle Rock, Back to the Rock, has been renewed for season two at Apple. I, so. I forgot this was a thing. Yeah. But cool. Uh, yeah, so I have no, nothing to say on it. Uh, and at the cancellations, Blockbuster's been cancelled by Netflix after one season. A bit like Blockbuster, yeah. <laughs> dead yeah it felt like you know what it really felt like Netflix were like because Netflix effectively almost single-handedly killed Blockbuster so it always felt a little bit like they're desecrating the grave a bit by making a show about Blockbuster I don't know it's just, bit, yeah. just uh, um, I watched this I, I ended up watching the whole thing just because it was an easy to watch sitcom but it also wasn't that good either it was kind of in this middling territory of it's it's consumable but it's was it like 10 episodes? Yeah. 
uh, there's a lot of tropes from like 2010s sitcoms which obviously i like a lot of 2010 sitcoms but a lot of what this was doing just kind of feel like you're just like why, why don't you just go watch one of those other shows with five six seven seasons you know the, the one sort of through line for the whole season is that the main characters got a will they won't they with someone and i'm like every sitcom Shocking. every sitcom from the last 20 years like this is what the the hook's been and i just like it just feels like it's going through the motions but uh some weird cast members in it yeah at least but anyway it's done it's cancelled so uh no reason to worry about it i guess uh also cancelled at netflix is warrior nun after its second season i remember this coming out at the start and I, I, you know just being like huh that's a thing I, I guess everyone else had a similar thing reaction I'm like oh that's a thing checked out enough for season one just because of the the name <laughs> the name yeah and, and and netflix were like hey people are watching this we'll renew it and then everyone got bored yes uh netflix just canceling like almost everything just continues <laughs> although mm-hmm. that said hbo max are kind of effectively doing the same thing now uh the, the only thing that's saving some hbo stuff is the fact that hbo the channel is independent from it and still making its own decisions yes at least for now at least for now at least yeah uh Anyway, still in cancellations, Shintarum has been cancelled by Apple after one season, which is notable because Apple don't tend to cancel things after one season. So, you know, either they're getting a little tighter or this was particularly poor performing <laughs> by their standards. Yeah, I, I don't know what this one was. I don't remember. This was Charlie name. Hunnam. Uh, ah, Blandy like, McBlanderson. Yes. So maybe the show was Blandy Blanderville. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, very possible. I, I mean, like I, I, you know, I saw it was coming out. I put it on the pilot vote on Patreon. I think it got like zero votes. <laughs> so, because everyone looked at it and went, "Nah, that's bland." Yes. It? <laughs> uh, so that's that. Uh, Step Up has been cancelled at Stars after one season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, although technically this was actually season three, but seasons one and two were on a different network, so this is it's only season on Stars. Oh, okay. So they did a a, a rescue season. Did, did it did it get an ending? I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe your article doesn't mention that. But... No. Uh, I don't think it says. If that was me and I got a rescue season, I'd be damn sure to write something mm. safe, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's another worrying trend that's been happening recently, and this is a, another example of it here. Uh, Minx has been cancelled at HBO Max. Uh, is this the, another one that was already renewed? Yes. This is a reversal mm. cancellation, uh, which, you know, is a worrying trend. And the sad news is, is that there's a second example of that, and not from the same place either. Stars has cancelled Dangerous Liaisons, which it previously renewed. What's funny about this one is this got renewed for season two before season one started airing. So with this one, one might speculate that they were confident and then it started airing and they went, oh shit, this is not doing that well. Yeah. <laughs> and reverse the choice. It, it is interesting that this is becoming a, a trend because it it's not something that's never happened. We've seen it happen occasionally over the years. But I can think, you know, there's probably at least five or six examples this year, which is a lot for what this is. It's been a lot. Like it was like a once in a blue moon thing that was kind of shocking. It's happened, yeah, like probably half a dozen times this year, which is yeah, which very it, notable. It, it might not sound like a lot, but in the in the scheme of you, know, 
how often it usually happens, that is pretty significant. No, I mean, I think... And I still kind of feel this way. It's not quite killed this yet. But for the, forever, it's been... If something's been officially renewed, that's it safe for a season. Mm-hmm. But this has started to shake that up a little bit and be like, no, they could just change their minds uh, if they see fit. It, it is starting to feel a little bit like DC movie release dates. <laughs> they just don't exist until it's there in front of you. Uh, so uh, that's all the reels and cancellations. Uh, big list of stuff there. Uh, a couple of notable things. But uh, honestly, quite I'm leaping the Yellow Jack has been renewed for others. Uh, good, no. good, good news. A uh, couple of premiere dates. The last two remaining superhero shows of the CW. Uh, season 3 of Lois and Clark. Or, sorry, Superman and Lois. Uh, Friday and Slip there. Uh, and Gotham Knights, the new show. Oh, I forgot about this. Yeah, that's right. They've got a new one starting. That, I, f- I forgot it existed. It looked which, terrible. Which probably won't last very long. But, uh, so, the Gotham City uh, rookie show... <laughs> From Berlite Productions is going to start in Tuesday, March fourteenth. You uh, might as well pencil in your review for that for the fifteenth. <laughs> uh, right after the season three premiere of uh, Superman and Lois, so they're both on Tuesday, uh, March fourteenth. That makes sense. If, if they've only got two left, they might as well stack them together. <laughs> yeah, I'll think they're long for this world. No, uh, no. everything got out of the CW. It just feels like that. I mean, Superman Lois maybe i'd still say probably not but i think it has slightly more chance in that um i think it had a different production company to a lot of the other ones i agree it's got a better chance it's just got a bigger name recognition if nothing else yeah Uh, whereas the other one i think it definitely fits in the cw vibe at least from the trailer or the but but they seem to be wanting to get away from that traditional cw vibe yeah they they want to move on to something else so I, I, i yeah i can't see it lasting Luckily, I don't care because it looks terrible, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all the same. Uh, Party Down. Stars is doing a, doing a revival for Party Down, which, uh, you know. Is why? W- what do you mean, why? I mean, why? Why? Have you ever seen Party Down? Uh, not enough of it, but, like, what? There's so many revivals and stuff now. Like, I'm just, I mean, like, yeah, I, that's, that's what I mean, like, why? Party Down was a decent show, though. They got two seasons. Yeah, but has it, was... it got, like, a huge clamoring for it? Like... Well, it, it was kind of infamous because they wanted to do more, but because they took too long to, like, like lock yeah. in all the cast, they all signed on for different shows, so they just couldn't, because <laughs> all the cast got locked up. Uh, you know, Adam Scott ended up in Parts and Rec was, like, one of the examples, so that's sort of time, you know, you can sort of time yeah. where it was because of that. Uh, but everyone's back except uh, Lizzie Kaplan, which is a shame because she was one of the main people uh, from the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, anywho, that, this is coming uh, on the 24th of February. Uh, which is a Friday on Stars, so yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure it'll probably be a decent entertainment. Yeah, I mean, it might be. Yeah, well, I remember thinking the original was entertaining enough. Uh, it's got a good cast, so, and I guess they all freed up from their other projects. So, well, they mostly freed up. Well, apart, apart from one, I yeah. guess. I don't know. Is Lizzie Kaplan even? Like, what was she in these days? I don't know. I feel like I hear her name in like a lot of production stuff still. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I've not, I've not seen her in anything in a while, but uh, 
I don't know if I'd say she's the biggest star. I'd say Adam Scott's the bigger star at this point. Probably now, yeah. Um, obviously, you had Parks and Rec, and he, he's done you know, a handful of movies. He's got yeah, Severance, the, the, the just, Apple Show, yeah, yeah just Severance, this past year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I would say he's the bigger star now, but uh, so I don't think it's necessarily a question of like she's too big for it, but maybe she's just locked up in something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely not suggesting that she's too big to bother. Yeah. Uh, on to some other stuff here. So, so go back to HBO Max because this is actually quite another development in the demise of HBO Max <laughs> is that they're removing a bunch of shows from their service, which they've done before. They've done it sort of consistently for the last few months at this point. What's notable about this is that they're removing HBO original content from HBO Max. Um, and not even just H- not even just HBO the channel original content like HBO Max original content they're removing from the channel because they want to sell it to what they're calling fast services which is just a new term I've heard this week but all it means is is the uh, free streaming services so you're thinking like Tubi and stuff like that basically right. ad supported services where they're making money from giving it to them so that they're licensing it out rather than having it on their own service why they can't have it on both maybe that's what a- that's what i was saying I, I i wonder if it's part of the agreements they've got in place with these other companies if they are there already maybe they're stipulating exclusivity i don't think they've got the power for that like i, I don't see yeah. to be being like no we want westworld and we're demanding that you take it off your service or we won't that, have that's it what, that, yeah that's the, thing, that's <laughs> the only the only reasonable reason i can think of no. is exclusivity all I can think is that either they get to charge more by doing this, so they're making that choice themselves, mm-hmm. or there's some weird tax reason <laughs> for it. Again, yeah. <laughs> like, some sort of weird thing where because it's like, no, no, you're giving it to someone exclusively, you don't have to... Not, not that they have to pay a tax for keeping their own show on their service, but like I'm just wondering if there's some weird Hollywood accounting going on here, and this is yeah. why. Because... This is the big thing. Westworld's the, the most prominent show that this is happening to. This is a big show that just got cancelled. What's weird is that The Nevers is ha- happening to us, and basically this just casually mentions, oh, by the way, The Nevers is cancelled, uh, which has not been announced before. It hasn't even aired its second half. Yeah. They've, they've shot fun. the second half of season one. It's still to happen in terms of being aired, but they're removing the first half of season one from HBO Max and sending it to wherever. So who knows like how the second half, if ever, will be released. You know? And well, that was a was that HBO Max or was that not traditional uh, HBO? That was traditional HBO. Yeah, uh, so it'll probably still be aired on HBO when they finally. Ah, uh, you'd hope so. Yeah, so that's kind of a shame because the show was a bit rocky, but it, it definitely got interesting by the time it you know like you know it was kind of finding its feet as those six episodes wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know it's been gone for a while now, and now all of a sudden it's just ah oh, it's just kind of it's just done it's just gone already. Uh, so that kind of sucks, but. You know, it's just very unceremonious. And then there was a second article saying that Raised by Wolves is also going. That was a HBO Max show. The Time Traveler's Wife was just HBO proper. It only lasted one season. That's been removed from HBO Max. And again, it's all gone up to these uh, these fast plans. Again. Yeah, so bizarre. Uh, like, they're just gutting the service of their own original content. And yeah, maybe... Maybe it's not quite, you know, The Wire and The Sopranos. Ah, The Sopranos. The Sopranos and The Wire and whatever else yet, but it feels like nothing's off the table at this point. Like, It it doesn't, and and I just, I don't understand it, because I say, why would they not have both? 
Like you know, like you can go, hey, we can make money by giving it to you know fast services if that's what we're calling them. You know, we, we get money from the ad revenue, and also we've got the option of hey, people can still come to us, and it's you know an extra thing in our library on HBO Max that people might want to subscribe for. Why, why would you not want the double dipping option essentially? If if nothing else, it feels like Aslov. For for whatever reason, he wants to seem to revert back to the old days. He wants to go back to where everything's licensed out, and linear channels are are the the king of everything. And that's how he's treating all this because it feels like he has no interest in building a library on HBO Max that is desirable. And you know, there's also talk of them changing the name to just Max once it's like this new version with Discovery. Which, yeah, drop the HBO branding. That's that because that's the part that no one liked. <laughs> Yeah, I I guess I I wonder if this is part of that restructuring essentially by making it feel less HBO heavy and they they want it to be more of a wider inclusive service as opposed to it feeling like HBO first and foremost because I, I I for some reason I have to think he's looking at this going we don't want it to be just HBO and this other stuff so they're taking off some of these traditional HBO things and bringing in other stuff to make it feel like it's a a wider surface, even though it's objectively not because it's you know got less content. It's baffling to me. I, I don't. It, it is, I, yeah. I don't understand the choices being made. I feel like all it's doing is crippling the service, which might be going up in price soon. And if it's going up in price, and you're taking away content, and I, it, it, it's I, I don't get it. I just I don't get no, any of not, it. It's not a good look. It definitely feels like, why would anyone trust them to, like, release their content at this point? Like, you know, it feels so up in the air and, like, things can just be taken away and locked in a vault forever because it saves them some tax money. <laughs> like, yeah, obviously, we, we've talked about, you know, these here now, like, okay, at least these did air and were available. They're not anymore on there, but then you've got things like we've talked about the, the, the Bad Girl movie in the past and all the other stuff that they've had like that where, why, why are you still making stuff like it's not good for anyone. Yeah. Uh, it's... I don't know. It, it, it's wild. It's, it feels like almost no story for, about HBO Max or Warner Brothers is surprising me right now at this point because they've just, they've, they've just made so many weird choices mm. that that's just where we are now. But hey. Uh, so, move on to the new comedies and I think at least one animated show uh, for the week. Um, so, first up... We have a multi-camera comedy at NBC called Amigos, uh, coming from Sierra Teller Ornelas and Marcos Luvanos. Um, and they'll be drawing inspiration from their own lifelong friendship uh, for this. Uh, Amigos is about a group of six uh, uh, Latina friends uh, living in Los Angeles who lean and rag on each other as they find love, grow up, and figure out what success means in 2022. Okay, so a group of six friends. That's really all that is. Yeah. There's, the, yeah. there's some fluff to make it sound a bit fancier. Um, so, fair enough. Um, I mean, it's a sitcom, right? You know, we, we, I know we say it all the time, but such a simple premise does not mean anything good or bad. If, if this is good writing, it could be amazing. I don't think it's quite funny it's six friends and it's called Amigos because it does kind of sound like we've just taken friends and we'll just do the, the Spanish version. 
Love it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which means it may be nothing like Friends in tone or comedy or whatever, but I mean, it's just... Alternatively, they might be saying this is a a modern successor to Friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... that, that might be a, an, an intentional statement. Possibly, yeah. That's what they're going for, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's just interesting. Uh, so that's called Amigos. Uh, next up, Fox is developing a comedy called Remix from Sam Leyburn from Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist and uh, Nelik Belling killing it. Uh, so it follows a progressive podcast-loving millennial who tries to modernize his father's old-school funk recording studio in an effort to save the family business and bond with his outdated, opinionated music producer dad. The only problem with this hopeful, optimistic vision is that dad thinks it sounds like touchy-feely garbage. I'm on the dad's side. (laughs) Alright, Boomer. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh... Hmm. I don't uh, know. Save the family business and bond with his outdated dad. I was, I was, I was uh, thinking it's it. It's a bit professional and personal. It's a bit, it's a bit on that side. Uh, uh, are we counting it? Yes. <laughs> also, is this a turtleneck you're wearing, or is it just a close? Uh, this to... is a mock neck. It's a mock. So it's mocking it's the turtles. Neck. Well, no, it's like halfway between a crew neck and a turtleneck. So the, the turtleneck will come like further up and roll. Or it's just you know. Uh, you look a prick either way, but uh... it's it's very comfortable and it's very warm, and that's what matters. And screw you! <laughs> I, I I apologize for having fashion. Did you go for a color that sort of blended with your ginger beard, or was that? A... Do you know what? It 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 does look like that on this camera on this light. It doesn't actually look like that in person. Okay. In, okay. in, in all, there is a bit more difference. The the, the jumper is considerably lighter. Okay. Okay. Uh... It almost looks like the beard just like went really long and mm. just covering the body. I, I honestly I noticed that when I saw the camera on, on the preview, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that does not look like that in person. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, that's a uh, remix. So uh, you've got the generational gap as well, which uh, is you know kind of a trope Everywhere. as well, in, in these descriptions. So. Yeah, yeah, can't get away from it. All right, next up, uh, Amazon has, has got a, a comedy pilot. Uh, it's ordered a short half-hour comedy called Lifted, starring Ivy Woke, uh, Veronica Taylor, Kate Godfrey, and Annie Marie Elliott. Uh, it comes from Jolene director Liza Man- Mandelup and yeast director Mary Bronstein. Uh, so the pilot explores the lives of four geographically, socio-economically, and racially diverse American teenage girls united by an online community built around shoplifting. A commentary on identity and how we communicate now. Lifted follows these young, awkwardly funny characters as they attempt to find themselves, form relationships, and discover the discover their power and purpose. I was worried there, but I'm like, no, 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 these are teenagers. This can't be professional. No, no, there's no profession. No profession. Um, and even even if it did go that way, I wouldn't drink because I do not endorse shoplifting as a profession. <laughs> no, now most people don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, we're, we're taking a firm stance on this show. <laughs> um, 
It's, it's like they were trying to trip me up with that intro, though. Four <laughs> geographically, socially, economically, and racially diverse. Come on. Like, give me a break with oh, the words. No. Well, what I'm getting is they're four very different people. I just said they're four <laughs> different people. <laughs> well, but you got to know how they're different. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that. Uh, next up, Hulu up next. Um... So, the words standing by, a satirical look into the lives of a group of eternally bound, irritated guardian angels, and the lessons they'll eventually learn from not only the dysfunctional humans that they're in charge of protecting, but also one another. You could argue that's professional and personal. I, no, I, I am. I'm going to take that. Because the profession is protecting the humans. Yes, and then and the, the each, other. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That 100% that falls into it. God damn it. I actually kind of like the sound of this one, though. That sounds yeah. kind of funny. This is an animated series, actually, as well. This is a... Uh, ah, even better, yeah. Uh, coming from 20th TV Animation uh, and creators Dan Levi and Ali uh, Panky. Pank... P-A-N-K-I-W? Panky? I-W. I-W at the end, yeah. Panky, maybe? Panky, yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I, I assume it's uh, the name's foreign, but I just... Yeah, you know, I don't know how to pronounce that last part, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, cool. And then Danielle Ulrich uh, is going to serve as showrunner and executive producer. So, uh, cool. cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. All right, here's one that'll get a reaction from you. Uh-oh. So, uh, there's another attempt at a US remake of... Uh... Oh, oh, yes, no, this is the fifth attempt. <laughs> I know what this is, because of course I know what this one is. Yes, Peep Show uh, is getting another just, go in the US. Just stop, just stop it. You can't do it. <laughs> Clearly, you've tried four times already. Stop it. FX has ordered a pilot for this new remake uh, written by Atlanta and what we do in the shadows, executive producer Stephanie Robinson. I mean, that's some credits there, uh, it is, to be fair. I, I don't think it translates to American comedy. That They've, they've tried. Uh, this version, however, does not attempt to remake the show beat by beat and will feature two female leads unlike the original. So they're doing their own thing with it. Okay, no, it might work then. Because <laughs> that, like, that, that, no, this is the thing all of them have tried to do is they try to use the same characters and, and every single time it's felt like, you know, that first, especially the first season, but the, the first episode of The Office. Yeah, the yeah, US yeah. One, where it's just like cringing. It's like, why are you watching it? Every single peep show attempt so far has been like that. I mean, if all I... it is, is they're doing the first person and the inner monologues, is that's what they're taking, because that's what makes Peep Show what it is, then there's no reason it shouldn't work. I mean, given the fact that this person worked on what we do in the shadows, which is very much, let's take the concept of that movie, but not the characters, and do our own yeah. thing with it. Like, that, that, that stands to reason they might achieve something similar with this. I think, I think the three things you need for Peep Show is... The characters have to be all, like objectively awful people. Like they have to be like self-loathing, self-loathing, or highly egotistical. Like one of the two, and also just awful to everyone around them. Kind of, kind of in the same vein as like Always Sunny. Uh, you have to the first-person camera, and you have to have the the inner monologue of like them saying something out loud, and then the, their actual thoughts kind of being that contrasting views. I think those are the three things that you have to have for it to be Peep Show. Otherwise, it's just something else entirely. Okay, okay. Uh, next up, Apple TV has ordered a spin-off to Mythic Quest. Uh, it's called Mere Mortals, an eight-episode companion series 
uh, from Mythic Quest star Ashley Birch, John Howell Harris, and Katie uh, McElhenney. Uh, Mere Mortals, which will feature entirely new characters, will explore the lives of employees, players, and fans who are impacted by the game at the center of Mythic Quest. Uh, the new series takes a page out of the departure episodes of Mythic Quest, including an upcoming episode, uh, Sarian, uh, set to be on Friday. And right, so I was basically just saying it's, there's, there's some introductory elements and some upcoming some, some episodes. Some pilot yeah. stuff, essentially, yeah. But yeah, I, they're, they're... Um, I, got, I got a new TV recently, and mm-hmm. they gave me like, here, have six months of uh, Apple Plus, TV Plus, whatever it's called now. Like, I'm like, sure, I'll take it, because... Why wouldn't I? It's free. Uh, so I, I can get back and watch some of this. I'll probably watch Severance and, uh, and, and Mythic Quest. And hopefully Ted Lasso Season 3 will come out within these few months because I'm waiting on it still. It won't. It'll be like a month after your... I am shocked up. that we have... I, I know you don't care, but we have the World Cup final on Sunday. I am shocked they haven't announced You know when, it's, when the new season is during the World Cup while people are focused on football you know more more specifically than than any other time i've been actively avoiding it thank you very much I, I, i'm sure but it's still baffling that this isn't the time to announce it uh, maybe they're not ready to announce it i mean they finished shooting it ages ago it should it should be pretty much ready how uh, you say that maybe like maybe the editors are all Drunk or something. They're having some arguments. <laughs> yeah. they, they can't agree on the close-up or the medium close-up for one pivotal scene, and the argument's just yeah. never-ending. They keep they keep saying that there's there's not enough Roy in this scene, and we need <laughs> to edit in more. All right, all of the dramas then. Uh, we got a whole host of things to talk about. First up, uh, Mike Flanagan um, and Trevor Macy, uh, their intepid pictures, have acquired... Uh, the rights to do a Dark Tower adaptation. Um, mm. So, and these are the guys that have just left Netflix and have signed a deal with Amazon. So, presumably, this would be Amazon. Yeah, yeah. at the very least, they'll get first dibs at it, if nothing else. And I, I can't see Amazon saying no to something like that. Yeah. So it's interesting because there's obviously been attempts not too long ago. There was the movie. There was supposed to be tie-in TV shows to that movie. It all kind of fell apart because the movie wasn't very good, and uh, you know everything yeah, just kind of crumbled. Did you ever watch it? Nah. Oh, I did. It was. It was. It wasn't even like the worst movie ever. It was just so boring. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So these are the two. Obviously, everyone knows Flagon because he's the director and stuff. But uh, you know, Tracy Macy was also you know part of that as well. He did the. the so, yeah, uh, they're looking at an adaptation of The Dark Tower, uh, which obviously is like, I mean, the, the main series is like seven books. There might be some companions added out of that as well, but... Yeah, it's it's a gauntlet, and, and that's just... Before you even acknowledge the the wider King universe that it kind of yeah. collectively brings together, and, you know, has, you know, the stuff that it brings in from other places. Yeah, uh, so... Yeah, obviously it's very daunting and I'm sure some of that stuff that it brings in might not be in the series just because you know you don't necessarily have rights to everything to bring it all in yeah I would assume so you may be a bit more focused in that sense but uh, yeah there's been I mean there was a time when there was supposed to be like uh, three movies in two seasons of a TV show 
was going to be an adaptation. Yeah. That, this was like an early 2010s thing where it was going to be movie, season of TV, movie, season of TV, movie. And that was going to be the big grand. So for some reason, this idea of like doing like both movie and TV for Dark Tower has been like a, an idea for a long time. Um, I think maybe them attempting to just do it in one format in a TV show is probably a better idea, regardless of however the story breaks up. It, I think just given the scale of it, I think it's more suited for TV than it ever was for movies. Like they want movies because it's like, hey, this makes us shitloads of money and it's got a big name attached to it that we should, in theory, be able to you know, sell tickets to. Obviously, it didn't turn out that way, but in theory, I get that's why they wanted it there, but yeah, TV was always the more natural home for adaptation, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... In fact, the last uh, one that almost happened was Amazon, funnily enough. Uh, the yeah. article's just reminded me here. So, no, very, very interesting. But obviously, Flanagan at this point has adapted multiple Stephen King properties. He did the, uh, uh, he did Gerald's Game. He did uh, the sequel to The Shining, uh, Doctor Sleep. Yep. So, he's uh, done a few things with the, the director's work at this point. So, uh, this could be like you know the, his his magnum opus, his Stephen King adaptation magnum opus. If it if it all goes to plan, stamp on all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it would be cool if it actually is a good adaptation. Uh, I've always been curious about the the series, but never actually got around to reading it because I ain't got time for that. But yeah, you don't read books. I don't have time to read books. Every time I try to listen to an audiobook, I get through like two chapters and then I just like I, I got other things to do. That's why you read an actual book. Oh yeah, because I'll take less time. Uh, takes me less time sometimes. So, I mean, admittedly, I, it depends if I'm what speed I'm listening to the audio book on. But, <laughs> but I, I don't listen to anything below one point five speed, and some of them I'll listen to at like three times speed. Is that even audible at that point? Oh yeah, every word. I'm just used to like it depends on the narrator. Like um some of them talk faster than others, but obviously, but uh yeah, yeah, well some of them I can say I can listen at three times speed comfortably. I, I pretty much every podcast I listen to is at two speed. Some of them are occasionally slightly lower if they're a fast talker, but most of them are at two times speed. Okay. Interesting. Uh but yeah, so that's that. Uh speaking of Amazon uh, they have officially ordered a season one of a God of War TV show based on the video game franchise, and I think everyone's expecting it to be the 2018 I think they version. outright said as much, didn't they? Oh, did they? Uh, um, the article, I mean, maybe the article I read was making some assumptions, but the article I did glance at... Oh, there's a synopsis act, here, yeah. there's, there's a synopsis here, hon. Written by Mark Fergus and Hawk Otsby, uh, with Rafe Judkins uh, serving as showrunner, who worked on The Wheel of Time, which is still going on at Amazon, actually. So, interesting yeah. how they're splitting their time. Uh, the series follows Kratos, the god of war, who, after exiling himself from his blood-soaked past in ancient Greece, hangs up his weapons forever in the Norse realm of Midgard. Yeah, so says the 2018. Uh, when his beloved wife dies, Kratos sets off on a dangerous journey with his estranged son to spread her ashes from the highest peak, his wife's final wish. Kratos soon realizes the journey is an epic quest in disguise, one which will test the bonds between father and son and force Kratos to battle the new gods and monsters of the fate of the world. Uh, what's interesting about this is that I'm I'm halfway through, give or take, uh, the sequel, mm -hmm. Ragnarok, which came out this year. And 
that definitely seems to be opening up what the plot is quite a bit because the first the first game and what this is describing here is very simply they're trying to like scatter the mother's ashes and they're making this journey to get to the mountaintop and yeah. some stuff gets in the way <laughs> right yeah yeah that, that tends to happen in a story that's basically it uh but you know the second game you know is interesting all these prophecies and is talking about like you know, the, the, like all the relationships with the father and son and Mimir and everything else, like all, all of it's really kicking off and the Freya stuff is like, it's so full of all these things. It feels much more complex plot wise. So I'd be very interested to see if this is successful and is good, which is a big if because, you know, video game adaptations don't mm-hmm. have the greatest track record. I'd be very curious, like, you know, it takes a long time to make games. Okay. The second game is there for season two to be made, but, you know, I'd say a couple of things. One, um, my copy of Ragnarok uh, arrived today. <laughs> okay. Uh, rent rentals because I, you know, that's that's how I play most games like that. Uh, I'm actually waiting. I've got like four days off over Christmas, so I'm gonna because because uh, Paige actually you know really enjoys you know watching like those sorts of games. Obviously, I like playing them, but she likes watching the stories of them. So I'll probably pull the PS5 out into the main room for those four days and kind of just play through it all in, in that period where we're off together. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, from my understanding, though, uh, Ragnarok is a significantly longer game than the first one. So that's probably, you You might even have two seasons worth of content. So you could probably get a three-season show out of the two things, especially if they start including some side stuff. Possibly. I-, I will say, though, that would be maybe a pacing issue, because having played half of Ragnarok, I do think the first half is a little slow at times. Um, and I- what I've heard from everyone is that there's a point just after the halfway mark where it kind of kicks in properly. Mm. And then the last, like, ten hours is really good. Like, that's that's what I've been hearing from multiple mm. podcasts and things like that. And I've been enjoying it. It's actually still really good to play. But there is definitely some sort of slow build stuff going on and then that first half where you're kind of waiting for like what's the you know what's the meat of this story as of yet and i think i'm right at the crux of that actually just i'm, I'm just about to get to that point where i am there's a danger of that I, I would say again with with the first off with the caveat that i'm inherently not super excited despite my i love you know the, the the god of war games especially the 2018 one i'm not like I can just go play again. I don't really need a TV show. It's the same way I feel about the the Last of Us show, right? Uh, where I'm like, I mean, sure, cool, it might be good, probably will be. Uh, Last of Us specifically, this one remains to be seen. But eh, do I really need it? Um, but uh, I I do wonder in terms of the adaptation of the the pacing things. Maybe if they take some notes from what they did with the Expanse, where maybe season one isn't the entirety of you know, of just, you know, the first game. Maybe they can kind of split things up a little bit funnily and kind of we have some stuff, you know, halfway through a season, you know, uh, you know, as opposed, or, you know, you know, halfway through a game, you know, we're going to split things a bit differently to where we might expect, like, like the Expanse did with where it split its books. I'm not against that in theory, but I'm just wondering, like, is there any, like, having played the first game, is there any mm-hmm. way you could end that in terms of a season before the end of that story and it not feel just kind of undone possibly not but i think you can go the other way and do like you know have that done in let's say hypothetically eight episodes and then you can have you know two episodes or five depending on what the order is I, you know i don't know if it says in that article 
Uh, I don't think so, but I would imagine it's eight or ten. Like, that seems to be. Yeah, that days. was my assumption. But like, if if it's ten, for example, which is a pretty common order, you can have eight episodes being that first game, and then you can have a, a couple of episodes kind of being part epilogue, part you know covering, if not the start of the next game, you know, maybe, maybe you know some of that kind of early beats, kind of you know you know filling in some stuff there. There's some license to you know maybe kind of stretch some things around. I don't know. I, I think it, you know, having not played Ragnarok yet, I think it's easy to get hung up on just like, okay, this is where this ends and that's where this season ends. So, but maybe you know we, we can shift some things around with an adaptation and, and maybe maybe they can be smart about it. Maybe, but the second game, like part of the reason why it's longer is not so much because there's necessarily that much more story. It's just. You know, you're doing gameplay things, you know, that are, there's a lot of open areas in the first half where you're sort of doing side quests and, you know. That, that's true. But again, from, again, again, I say this from pre-release kind of interviews, there is, I think, a certain amount more story than the first one, at least in the way they're selling it, because, you know, they, they would talk about, well, we was going to be three games, some maybe, but they kind of were like, no, let's just, you know, kind of condense into one bigger second game instead of a third game in this part of the franchise so i don't know uh yeah well but, I'm, but i've played half the game and i'm telling uh, no, you I'm, I'm there, aware, yeah. there's not story in that first half to make a season <laughs> like i'll t- like quite simply it's just not there there's not enough of it so i don't think i mean maybe there's like a neater split point later on because it's so packed in the last third that you could do it that way i don't know but I'm just yeah. saying, like, games take so long to make, and if that's the source material for this show, then they might hit a point where they're, they're waiting on the next game, or they're they're basically looking at the script for the game before the game's even out to actually start working on no, the, no, the the next season this, or whatever. This is, this is what I'm saying. There is only two games in this Norse saga of God of War, which is what the show is. There, there, there isn't going to be a third game. Maybe not, in, maybe not in the quote-unquote Norse saga. There's going to be a third game. There's going to be another God of War game. Yes, of course there is. But if if this show is specifically adapting the the Norse saga, then I, I don't know. Like you, you, they're you yeah, they're, just... they're they're not ordering this thinking. We're only getting two or three seasons out of it, and that's it. Like that may all be ends up being, but they are ordering this with the hope that they can keep adapting and keep going because it's a big TV show. That's what they want. <sighs> So it doesn't matter mm. what, how, what the technical cutoff is. Like, if there's a third God of War game and their first couple of seasons of this show are doing well, they're going to do that next game as the next season. Like, I, like you could bet money on it. They could. But they could also potentially look at doing, like, a, a quote-unquote flashback, uh, you know, stuff and kind of, you know, do the... You know, do you uh, you know, as a framing device and kind of do, you know, the what for the show would be, you know, prequel content. Of, of kind of doing some adaptations of some of the you know, the original games. You could do snippets of that in Flash, but I don't think you could do whole seasons of that, though. At least... I mean, I think it'd be really weird because, you know, Kratos is a very different character in that old stuff, and I I, I yeah. don't know if it would appeal to people who grow attached to him in, the, in this story. Would they want to go back to just a complete bastard season where he's just a prick? And... I, I agree. I think one... That would actually be fascinating to watch. Um, just in in terms of you know not not necessarily the show would be fascinating to watch, but just the the you know the perception from the public that that I would love to watch. Um, but two, I think 
for me, maybe maybe that's even the more interesting thing is them proving how they can adapt it differently and, and maybe kind of take inspiration rather than a direct adaptation of those earlier games and kind of change it till you know to make it into a version where their Kratos still fits you know roughly and kind of you know and kind of really stretch their creative muscles you know on the run department and you know for me that makes it an even more worthwhile existence as an adaptation i think for, for me this more saying something different uh same with last of us where last of us is the same thing you know the first season is the first game and if it's the second season it's probably the second game the second game you could maybe do any two seasons but i don't think that would really work given that i don't want to spoil the game but I, yeah I, no, I, I know exactly what you're thinking as to what you do for those seasons but i agree it's kind of like and this is something they did which is why i can criticize it it's kind of like splitting it into two movies well technically you can do it it kind of doesn't work because the whole point is, is that they, they function together as the one story uh so yeah um but i wouldn't do that but so the point i'm getting at is though is that i think some seasons of tv take longer now right sometimes seasons of a show aren't a year apart sometimes it takes two years for the next season and so on and so on i think and then you've got something like true detective on uh hbo where they just do another season when they get another like creative team together to do the next one right because they're, they're doing a fourth season even though season one was like 2012 or whatever it was it was a long time yeah. ago so I think we're maybe getting to this point here where they will, you know, they'll do this season and maybe they'll do a season two based on the second game if it's successful and that'll take a couple of years. And then at that point, they might just very well wait for a third game before they do a third season. And similar to Last of Us, although there was reports this week that Neil Druckmann's uh, working on Last of Us 3, that's his next game, which makes some sense, especially That'd since they've got this... a huge surprise, yeah. I mean, they've got this TV show coming, so I suspect there's a, an inkling to, okay, finish off your trilogy now rather than doing something else first because the material needs to be there for other reasons. Like, there's, there's you know, dependability on it now. <laughs> it's, not, it's not just its own thing. Um... Mm. And I think we're maybe reaching a period now, though, where TV shows can just be these, like, season events that come back for when there is the next part of the story there. I don't think it goes on forever, but I think when there's something loosely mapped out, maybe you get away with that. I don't know. Um, which, is why, which is why I brought up in the first place. I, I, I think it's interesting adapting something where you're you're running up against this like there's there's a, a definite wall where there's no more stuff to adapt very quickly relatively speaking once you've done a couple of seasons and just how they tackle that do they treat it as a big deal where they go no we'll wait until the next game's out and then you know or, well, uh, do you take the uh the traditional anime approach of adapting from manga where they get caught up and just make up some stuff for some filler for a season uh, it's a filler, and and, yeah. and I don't mean to say that like it'll be bad quality because you know some filler, you know, all not all filler is created equal, right? Uh, but filler in the sense of not a direct adaptation, they're kind of just making stuff up. Yeah, which it would ha which would be under kind of a microscope, I think, from the audience because it's like, is this going to feel different? Are we going to be able to tell that you didn't have the gameplay? In the same way that you know. Everything I hear about those last couple of seasons of Game of Thrones is uh, less than less than positive. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and the same goes with something like you know, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season one, uh, yeah, exceptional. I, and then after that, the slow decline afterwards. Into... Like I say, I I think it takes 
a higher caliber of writers than than maybe were available on some of those shows, or at least from a, a, a top-down showrunning perspective. I think it takes a high caliber from there to kind of be ballsy, make those decisions, kind of call the big shots of, okay, this is the beats that we're going to do, as opposed to writing the individual scenes between characters. Uh, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. Yeah. Track record's not great, though. I'll, I'll have to say that. So, it's not, but, but neither is the track record in adapting games at all, so... No, that's true. But, I mean, this might be the method going forward. I mean, at the very least, I mean, Last of Us actually looks like it might be great. <laughs> so, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Because um, other than that, the gold standard right now is, what, Sonic 2? <laughs> and I never saw Sonic 2. I didn't really like the first one that much. It's more, the sa- it's more the same. I mean, yeah. the, the point I'm making is, though, is the standard's it, not very high. I, I still think, which, again, this is not high praise. I think the standard for me is probably still the Tomb Raider movie, which the, the, the more recent Tomb Raider movie, not the Angelina Jolie ones. I, uh, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's a great movie. It's a fine movie. If we're going off interesting, being a good, you know, like, barometer here, rather than quality... By far the most interesting one is still 1993 Super Mario Brothers. Fascinating movie. Fascinating. I honestly thought you were going to go with like a Mortal Kombat. That's not interesting. It's it's, it's probably the easiest to watch, but uh, yeah. no, that, that 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 Super Mario Brothers movie is weird as shit. It's so interesting. Oh, yeah. um, 100% interesting. Yeah, which is why this new animated one. It may technically be more accurate, but it's a very safe movie. Like, that 1993 one, that took risks, that took swings. And, and, and this is what I'm saying. <laughs> we need a showrunner who will take those swings in between seasons of God of War and go, this is what we're going to do, and screw it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to get to a more simple question here is, uh, do I want an adaptation of this God of War? Do, uh, do I like the idea of watching the story play out again? Uh... I'm not so sure, because the mythology inherently isn't as interesting to me. Um, I like the games a lot, and I'm I'm getting in, I get into the story of it because the characters are, are good and the writing between them's good. The father son bond between Kratos and Atreus is good. Um, but like, I, I don't know if I. I mean, admittedly, you'd be cutting out a lot of obviously like, the stuff that you get in a game that's just game stuff. But um, I'm not sure it would be excellent. And you know, you're going to have that problem of. Kratos is going to sound different. In, in the same way that, you know, when they did the Uncharted movie, I mean, it looked terrible for a lot of reasons. And this is no knock on Tom Holland, but, like, Nathan Drake has a voice. Like, Nolan North is Nathan Drake. And it's hard to, like, hear anything else and go, you know, I, 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 believe, I accept that as, as that character. Yeah, but you have that problem with any adaptation from like this. Like, you know, you're going to have, in theory, you're going to have that problem with Last of Us, right? Um, I, I would say, I, I think say what you want about the show i think henry cavill did a great job in the witcher of kind of being like no no no, he's still you know that that character uh, you know despite the fact that you know we're all very familiar already joe i think it doesn't affect the last of us as much and i think the reason why it doesn't affect it as much and is it it your bias no no it's not bias. it's it's those roles are they're not they're not caricature like Nathan Drake and, and to an extent Kratos even though Kratos definitely has some depth in these mo- the modern games mm. they're very like I don't want to say one note but they're very like 
they're, they're big characters, whereas Ellie and Joel and Last of Us feel like characters in a drama. They feel like anyone could play those roles as long as they're good actors. You know, they feel like they're, it's more about the human drama of it. Whereas Kratos, like Nathan Drake, he's got this way, he's got this track. It's, it's like trying to say anyone else should be Indiana Jones, all in Harrison Ford. Uh, you know, Kratos has got such a distinctive voice that it is like imagining... Um, it's like when people, it's when, uh, like, when they did Metal Gear 5 and they replaced the guy who did Snake with, uh, oh, yeah, for yeah. and everyone was like, this is weird, we don't like it, it's not him. You know, it's a bit more like that. I don't think with Joel and Ellie you quite have that same, pro- yeah, don't get me wrong, I'll always think of the video game versions first, but it's very different. It, you know, I, I, I don't, you don't watch, um, I don't know. To, to, you know, like sure, those actors in like say Better Call Saul that yeah, we can't imagine someone else playing those roles. But I wouldn't say that you know if if they ever did like some sort of thing where they wanted to have a cameo of a character but didn't have the actor anymore, it would be distracting because we're so used to that actor. But I don't think it would be because that character just boils down to like a couple of simple notes. If that makes sense, think I get where you're coming from. I, I I don't know if I fully agree. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just more used to hearing different takes on characters. I listen to like a lot of like audio dramas, especially like Doctor Who stuff, and a lot of like that earlier stuff. To, you know, it doesn't have those doctors, right? It doesn't have those actors. They're not you know they're not around or they were available. You know, various reasons. And I'm just very used to hearing kind of replacements. And you know things like that. So maybe maybe I'm just more used to having that stuff, and and maybe that's why this doesn't bother me as much in terms of those adaptations. I think it just varies just on the character. Like I say, Kratos is such a distinctive voice and look and personality. And honestly, like you brought up Witcher, but I had that problem with Witcher. Like I I thought Henry Cavill just didn't feel right. Like he never did. Uh, which doesn't matter now because he left it for Superman, and then DC said, "Lol, sorry, uh, we're not doing any more of that." Uh, so that, that's that's all irrelevant now. But I, it, there, there is. I, I think it's different from you know like adapting comic books and books because you have a performance, you have a voice, you have mm-hmm. a look that's uh like you associate that's more closer to an actor in a movie already. That it's harder to accept a different one. Sometimes you can easily switch because some some roles just lend themselves to like different actors. But sometimes it's just like that 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 act that that role is that person, and anyone else just feels wrong. It's weird. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is again my, like, something like my love of like Bond, where James Bond is very much a caricature of a character, right? Yeah, 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 traditionally, not a lot of depth. But you know, he's been. I've been played by you know how many at this point that I'm perfectly willing to just go. Yeah, sure. There's another one, and then maybe part of that is just you're used to it with that character. And maybe just the the more it happens with other characters, the more you just get used to it with them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, I think part of it's also a tone thing. Like that's a you know, Bond's this pulpy, light-hearted thing. You know, it's uh, it's about it's about hard to accept. Like say, like a new sequel to The Godfather that recasts like Al Pacino or something. You know, it's like, oh, this is wacky. Like, why why is the main character of this like drama? You know, this you know, in-depth, thoughtful drama. Not that anyone's ham- ham- hankering for a fourth Godfather after the third one, but, you know, I'm just I'm trying to think of an example where it's 
See, that's, this is fascinating because this, this feels like a complete counterpoint to your argument that you had before, where with Joel and Lily, the, 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 the real people, you know, anyone could play them just, you know, as long as they're good actors, as opposed to the caricatures. Whereas now you've just gone, gone the opposite way. I've gone, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, you know we, we, we can't just have any actor, you know, it's got, it's got to be him specifically. I mean, that's a fair point, and uh, that counters what I said before, but I was just using that as an example of, like, someone who's famous in a role. I, yeah. I, I was using that just to counter your your thing saying any role can be replaced at any point, and you just get used to it if it's the same character over and over again. Like, I, I, I'm not so sure, like, so, some roles, if you replace them, like, five times, I think all of the ones that came after the first one will just all feel false. It doesn't matter how many times you do it. Um, I think it, only if the performances aren't good enough. They can have good performance and someone can still be miscast. They, they can be miscast. I, I, again, I'm assuming the casting is still, objectively speaking, good casting. It may not be the exact same person as the first one, but still good casting overall. It's. I mean, this has kind of just evolved into a debate of has, this yeah. thing in general, rather than anything specific to the show we're talking about. But um, it's just... Um, I think part of it as well is that, at least in these other examples, the other person is done, and you move on, and you're in a new era. So if you're talking about Bond, you're done with the Connery era, and yeah, he did come back for that one weird one, but like other than that, yeah. you, you move on to a new era, maybe some time has passed, maybe it's not, depending on what it is, because you know, it just depends on the franchise or whatever. But I think what's weird about these video game examples is that they're concurrent at the same time, and we've not said goodbye to the other version yet. It's like, no, mm. we're still doing this. We're still waiting on the third one. We're still waiting on the next part of these original version stories. But we're still also doing the TV show or the movie or whatever at the same time. And that makes it harder to deal with and sort of wrap your head around and accept. And it ultimately always makes the adaptation feel like it is this ancillary thing. Like, you know, as good as it may be, and so far, none of them have been good. <laughs> Let's get that yeah. up front. And- <laughs> Even though they'll, statistically speaking, most likely have a significantly higher audience than the games do. Yeah, the, the audience won't care, though, as anywhere near as much as the audience for the game does. Yeah. So, uh, and even if it's got a big audience, as we've seen time and time again, technically the audience that watched the Tomb Raider movie is probably bigger than any audience that's ever played a Tomb Raider game, but that wasn't enough to make the movie successful. No, those games still made more money. Yeah. Or at least more profit. Yeah. So it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, mm. You know, and what's funny is part of the reason why it doesn't bother me maybe as much with The Last of Us is something I can't say. But it fits into something I just said about having already moved well, on. okay. You know, like there's, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's kind of an element to it uh, that, so I I do wonder like if you're still waiting on like the next game with uh you know I'm not finished Ragnarok yet so I don't know who lives and dies <laughs> like so half of them could be dead for all I know but like assuming some of the characters are sticking around for a potential third game at some point um you know you're waiting for the next part of these stories but then you get introduced to these other versions in the TV show I just wonder like if that's part of the problem is that you have this thing where you've not you're not done with the other original version yet so you, you can't like move yeah, on and accept a different version. That's possible. Like I say having not played Ragnarok and you you've not finished it. 
it's very realistically possible that that game ends with please don't spoil this in the comments anyone for anyone yeah. don't confirm or deny this just just to make this very clear just don't for anyone just don't reference it but it's, it's very possible that Kratos is dead atreus takes his place and that's what the next games will be right that, it would be, that's, it, that's a, a plausible place that game could end yeah and that would sort of both add into the idea that we're moving into a new phase but it also backs up my thing if you're doing a tv show that very easily could be season three is like okay we're moving on to yeah, Atreus on yeah, his own. Yeah. Again, I've not finished the game. I don't know if Kratos dies or not. This is pure speculation. Uh, wild speculation, yes. But it just seems like a natural thing that could happen. The only reason why it might not is because Sony are saying, no, we want more Kratos games, so we're not, <laughs> not killing them off. Kratos is an icon, right? Especially, you know, Sony don't have too many of those that they can claim right now as their own. <sighs> um, anymore. It's kind of weird because Sony... They have like, a lot that they're associated with, but there's not a lot that they necessarily own. But, uh, back from the PS1 days, but it's kind of funny because the, the, their games moved into this kind of big, like, narrative, like, more thoughtful storytelling. So, like, Joel and Ellie are absolutely, they're two of their big characters, but you know, they're just not mascots in the same way that a Crash Bandicoot yeah. is. <laughs> uh, yeah, and even, like, a Kratos has, he's a deeper character now, for sure, but he has a very distinctive design, which makes him yes. more of a mascot still. Yes. Uh, so I don't know. This is uh, interesting thoughts. We went on for about twenty minutes there. Yeah. On that. So I, I, apologies if you didn't care about any of that conversation. But um, we'll move on to something that I definitely do not care about. But good news for Henry Cavill because um, he gave up Witcher to go do more Superman, and then. James Gunn and co got this role of being the head of DC's like universe and they said told him to piss off and told him to piss off because and quite rightly I I think they're making them a smart choice start from scratch burn it to the ground and just start fresh which mm -hmm. leaves like the four DC movies that are starting to come out and, in a weird place of like why should we care about any of these because they're all just it's it's a ballsy choice I think especially because you know James Gunn was involved with some of those movies in that universe. Yeah, that's true, that's true. He, he's, but, you know, he, he's, he's putting his own stuff under the bus as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's writing the next Superman movie, apparently. Um, I don't think he should direct it. He doesn't feel like the right choice for me for a Superman, but that's that's you know that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. Uh, so they made all those choices. Uh, they're starting from scratch. Uh, and like I said, that leaves Aquaman 2, Shazam 2, and Flash. I'll just... Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh... So it's like, okay, I guess we'll just shit all those out so we can get to whatever the new stuff is. Um, this is obviously separate from the Batman sequel because that's separate from the universe anyway. And, and separate from the Joker sequel. Yes, which, you know, don't, don't remind me it I, exists. I am wildly fascinated by I, I don't want to know about it. Uh, but So Henry Cavill finds out, nope, that's not happening either. We're going to go with someone younger uh, to like be Superman, potentially for a while. Uh, which once upon a time was supposed to be Cavill, but then everything just kind of shit the bed. Yeah, that that was like a decade ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's nine years ago. Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, you know, time's moved on a bit. So, luckily for him, there's one other thing he loves other than Witcher, and that is Warhammer 40k, which uh, I can get behind. And once again, Amazon, Amazon are behind like almost everything that we've talked about drama-wise in some form. Uh, they're not necessarily officially attached to the Dark Tower thing yet, but they're probably yeah, going yeah, to be. Yeah. So, do, you, do you know what it is? Yes. Amazon got money. They they want their big hits. They want they want to like set their their, their you know they've got the Lord of the Rings show, which 
I was just going to say, that that's what this is interesting, because remember before Lord of the Rings, like in that few weeks before it started, there was all that talk that this is make or break for Amazon yeah. you know, video. You know, they're, they're big, high-profile things, where if, if this flops, they're kind of done, in not in, in making content, but in terms of making content on that scale. And I think the fact that they're announcing you know, things like this that clearly need scale, and I'm assuming they're going to give scale, you know, God of War, you know, Warhammer, means they they were presumably quite happy with Lord of the Rings' performance, despite them not actively you know saying that. Yeah, but at least financially it seems to have done well. I mean, the 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 word of mouth didn't seem to be that great on it by and large. It's a it's a fine show. I I like I I love no. There's one episode I love. There's a few episodes I think are pretty good. You know, they're, they're like, you know, it, it's TV, right? It's it's good TV, but it's not like amazing tv i don't think any of it is bad oh i made that very clear i don't think there's any point in the show where i'm like this is bad i do think i, I think the the uh the reveals and stuff towards the end of the season were i felt predictable but maybe that was just me being overly familiar with the law already i don't know well i i mean i didn't like the pilot that much i mean admittedly i'm not a lord of the rings guy but you know I, I'll, I'll give you this I stuck with the Lord of the Rings show and watched the entire season, whereas uh, its its rival of the of the moment was you know the the Game of Thrones show, which I kind of fell off after three or four. Episodes. Yeah, but everyone everyone who liked that though said it was great. Like that got way better praise. It online. did, but I completely fell off that. Whereas I stuck with the Lord of the Rings one. Uh, well, yeah, I was too busy watching something else that was good. I don't remember what Andor. at the time. Andor, it was very good. It wasn't Andor, no. It just should have been Andor. It was really damn good. No, no, no. Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, Henry Cavill's attached to star and executive producer in Warhammer 40k uh, for Amazon Studios, uh, who have acquired rights to the game. Uh, this is like an ultra nerdy thing. That despite the fact that I am, I would describe myself as fairly ultra nerdy. Warhammer is like another level deeper. Like uh, Warhammer is something I do not understand. I know it's like a tabletop thing where people paint models. I know that 40k specifically is like a sci-fi version of Warhammer. It's the main kind of version of Warhammer. Yeah, uh, but I don't understand it. Like, there's video games that come out every so often for Warhammer that are really successful and popular. I don't know anyone who actually plays any of them, but they're very successful. Uh, I saw a preview review for the next one that's coming out, I think it's called Rogue Trader. Mm -hmm. uh, looks fantastic. I'm definitely going to be playing that one on game. Um, I haven't played any of the games. I have read quite a lot of Warhammer books at this point, especially 40k books. Um, there's a lot of them written by Dan Abner. Uh, do, you know, do you know what Warhammer feels like to me? Warhammer feels like to me those overproduced cutscenes that Blizzard make for their games that look really expensive but just feel like the yes. same thing every time. Yes, yes they are. It's, it's, um, oh no, okay. <laughs> it is, you have to enter Warhammer, especially 40k, knowing and being fully aware that it is satirical and ironic. It is not, it, it is grimdark fantasy, but it is not to be taken seriously. And it knows it's not supposed to be taken seriously. It's supposed to be over the top and stupid and this, this commentary on everything. Well, I've got, I've got a little description here, uh, that they've given for the show. Uh, Warhammer 40,000. Does anyone ever say it that way? No. Yeah, just 40k. Uh, Warhammer 40k 
Because uh, they're writing out the number. Well, they're, they're not putting 40 I, I think officially they still do write yeah. 40,000, although they do show on it, I think, as well, on their own stuff sometimes, but... Uh, so Warhammer 40k is set in the far future where humanity stands at the edge of what might be its brightest future or its darkest age. The threats to humankind's empire are many, traitors driven by the fires of ambition, alien empires sworn to reclaim the stars, and the corruption of reality by malevolent gods. That's the description. Okay. <laughs> so th there is a lot of very different things in the Warhammer 40k universe that just telling me they're doing Warhammer 40k means almost nothing right oh sure you've got you, you've got like the you have the, the you, you've got the traditional you know the the space ultramarines right which are just big crazy action soldiers right you, you can do that you've got inquisitor stuff where you can have it be you know essentially a detective show that I, I you i've read books where it was essentially a uh pilot dogfighters you know like almost like a you know, world war ii dogfight stuff like it, it really is that much stuff in in this world that it, I'm I'm inherently a little bit excited just because I I like Warhammer, I like a lot of the uh, the stories I've read in, in the Warhammer world. I like Cavill. I know he's obviously very passionate about Warhammer, so I'm assuming he he probably cares enough that there'll be some sort what of what a from nerd. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a nerd he is. <laughs> Uh, he is. He really is. But uh, I mean, by all accounts, this is why he left The Witcher: is that he wasn't happy with the way they were changing things from the material, and he didn't feel like he wanted to, you know, keep doing that. You know, um, he he didn't want to be a part of that. So I, mean, I, 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 I don't know if he has any sort of creative control over this. Yeah. Thing, but again, he'll walk away if 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 he doesn't well, approve of it. I assume he's a producer on it, so I, I assume he has a bit more. Yeah, but Sweet, is that it? is that one of those actual producers, or is it just one of those? Oh, yeah, we'll we'll give you the credit, sort of thing. He, I mean, yeah. he's he's nerdy enough that he may he might have made sure he's got control. Yeah, he, he <laughs> might actually, especially after potentially, you know, again, this is all hearsay. But if if what happened with The Witcher is true, maybe he had some sort of stipulation of, no, I want a bit more say over what I agree here. Yeah, uh, like I, you know, I'm making fun. Like I have nothing against Warhammer as a, as a thing. It's just like a whole side of nerdum that i've never looked at and it just looks overly complex and it's especially when i compare it to those blizzard like trailers for their games like blizzard lore as well just looks like unapproachable to me in a yeah. way that just what feels like i don't know I, 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 I think what makes warhammer surprisingly approachable is so many things are like sectioned off so you don't need to know everything you can kind of just pick mm. You go, hey, I like the look of that one thing. I'll go and read some books about that one thing. And you don't really need to know much about, you know, anything else in the wider context of all the other things that are happening. Yeah. So I have no attachment to this property. It's the sort of thing where the show might be good. Maybe it'll pull in new people. I, and I, I had never thought of it, but I could totally see Cavill as Eisenhorn. And it means nothing to you, I'm aware. But that's uh, the the Eisenhorn trilogy are like some of the the most well regarded Warhammer books. Uh, some Dan oh, Abner ones, yeah. in fact, and and uh, they're a great starting point for anyone interested. Well, it, it wouldn't surprise me if one of the most well regarded trilogies ends up being the source material for their their TV that's show. That's what I'm thinking, and and like I can I can see Cavill as as Gregor Eisenhorn. I I think he could pull that off. I, I, I yeah no, I kind of really hope it is that. I'd, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Um. 
So, you know, I, I like, yeah, by all means, like, go make a good show. Maybe it'll pull people in and maybe you'll make new fans out of it. I don't know. But there you go. Warhammer 40k. Yeah. Something I'm not there doing enough for, apparently. Yeah, it turn, turns out I am. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, no insults to anyone who is for the right. Well, I, I'll insult Connor happily, but everyone I, else. I, I will I say, <laughs> I don't play with the, the miniatures primarily because, boy, they're pricey. And I, 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 mm. I do not want to get caught in that hobby because, oh, I can't keep up with that. Mm. Yes. Uh, well, let's move on then. Let's get to some other TV dramas. People have heard us talk about video games or, or stuff equivalent to video games for the last, like, 40 minutes at this point. Yeah. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is going to... Well, he's in negotiations anyway to star and executive produce and a show at Apple TV+, Plus, a limited series called Presumed Innocent, uh, from David E. Kelly and J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot uh, production company. Um, okay. Presumed Innocent uh, was a, a, a novel. It was published in 1987, and it was even turned into a 1990 feature film starring Harrison Ford. Actually, that sounds kind of familiar now that I pointed out. Yeah. Uh, so... It tells the story of a horrific murder that upends the Chicago prosecuting attorney's life when one of its own is suspected of the crime. And uh, Hall will play Rusty Sabich, or Sabic? Probably Sabich. I, I go to the hard cha because I'm Scottish, but it's probably Sabich. Yeah, probably. probably. Uh, the Feverian prosecutor suspected of killing a close colleague when the evidence begins to point to him. Uh, and that was the role that was played by Ford in the movie. So... Maybe this is an attempt to try and flesh because obviously a movie you've got two hours. If this is like six, you know, hour long episodes, you get to like, yeah, you know, flesh it out a bit and do bit more of the book. into that mystery. Yeah. Uh, so I, I can see, you know, and Apple, if nothing else, like, I, I, you know, I think they've got some great shows. I think they've got some not great shows. Most of the stuff they make looks like it's got money though. So, uh, it does. Power... I think they're willing. I mean, they're a very rich company. I think they're willing to commit to at least looking the part. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of Apple, we've got another show from them here. Uh, Taron Egerton is uh, working with Apple TV again. Um, he worked with them on Blackbird uh, just recently. That, that, that was out this year. So there, he's working with them again on Firebug, which is inspired by events surrounding the notorious California arsonist John Leonard Orr. So, uh, based on a true story, this one. Um, Blackbird creator Dennis Lehane is uh, working on it as well, so he's he's, he's working with the same team. It's basically they're, all, they're getting the band back together and doing another another story. Uh, so Firebug will follow the troubled detective and an enigmatic arson investigator played by Rocketman star Edgerton as they pursue the trails of two serial arsonists. I mean that that as much as it doesn't necessarily sound that different to a lot of things, I feel like they don't tend to be chasing arsonists. I feel like that sounds a little bit more unique versus just a killer. Because it's usually just a killer. It is usually just a killer. Look at Connor being such a cat person now. I hate this. Oh no! You you were. He does not leave me alone. You were, you were petting him there. Oh, no 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 no! I have to. He literally goes just to my hand and just will, will not stop until I give him some attention. Aye. Very annoying. As he deserves. No, he does not deserve. He deserves. I am busy. <laughs> or. Oh, I am sleeping is usually the point where he decides now is time for attention. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, 
So yeah, uh, former firefighter Orr was an arson investigator for the Glendale Fire Department in Southern California, initially hired to understand and track down cases of arson. He became a convicted serial arsonist himself. So he was an, <laughs> he was the arson investigator. He was, it was an insane job. It was an insane job all along. <laughs> he got corrupted. Uh, he was found to be the cause of a spate of high-profile fires across California in the 1980s and 90s that led to tens of millions of dollars in damage and four deaths. His nicknames included the Pillow Pyro, <laughs> Frito Bandito, <laughs> and the Coin Tosser. The Coin Tosser? I don't know where that one's going. I don't know, but I love all of them. Frito Bandito, that's a, that's a, that is a great one. Ours <laughs> uh, mo- uh, modus operandi was to set fire in stores while they were open and populated. That's pretty dangerous. What the, what the hell, dude? Uh, using an incendiary timing device, usually comprising a lit cigarette and three matches wrapped in a rolled yellow writing paper and secured by a rubber band. He also would set small fires, often in grassy hills, in order to draw firefighters leaving fires set in more congested areas unattended. Oh, this guy's a complete prick. Like, he's setting small fires to get the, to, to distract the fire department, and then yes, he's going to set bigger fires elsewhere? Come on. Grade A word I'm not allowed to say. Honestly, this sounds like... This almost sounds like something the Joker would do. A little bit. This is, this is like... This is a Gotham City supervillain level of nonsense. So... Definitely see why they're making a story about him. And honestly, given all the uh, sort of wildfires that happen in California, that's a big problem, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, these days. Uh, this especially feels quite egregious. So, yes, it's a real dick move. So, that sounds like an interesting story, at least. So It does. There you go. Uh, so, I, I guess that means Egerton is going to be doing an American accent. <laughs> Very good. Probably. I feel like he's done one in something or other. He, he probably uh, has. I don't remember it being great. I mean, maybe they'll give him an accent, coach. Uh, next up, FX has given a pilot order to The Border, a drama based on the third book, not the first book, the third book, in Don Wenzel's best-selling Cartel trilogy. Uh, this is coming from Daniel Zellman from Damages and Bloodline, uh, Shane Salerno from Salinger, Avatar sequels, and FX Productions. As in the movies, the Avatar sequels? That's an interesting yeah. thread to throw in there. Uh, so, Zellman will serve as writer and showrunner and executive producer alongside Salerno. So, The Border is an epic saga that reveals the dark truths about America's failed 50-year war on drugs. Taking us from the streets of New York to the poppy fields of Mexico, the jungles of Central America and the White House. The Border explodes the, the myths... And that is explodes, not explores. I didn't say that. Oh, yeah, wrong. I, I just assumed you did, but no, just not going to say anything. So no, it's an intention. I guess it's an intentional play on words. It yeah. explodes the myths of the drug war through the intertwining narratives of characters on both sides of the Mexican-American border. An obsessive Mexican-American DEA agent, a young boxing promoter who inherits a drug empire, a jaded teenager who rises to power in the world of high-class escorts and an Irish kid from the streets of Hell's Kitchen who becomes a ruthless international hitman. We follow these characters on raw, unflinching journey through history as they are pulled ever deeper into the drug war and forced to confront the limits of their humanity. Ooh. That's a, that's a strong tagline. Uh, hang on, he's, he's pressed something, I've got no sound. <laughs> 
I guess I'll just keep okay. speaking so okay, far. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. There we, there we go. All right. He hit the mute on the keyboard. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Good cat. Uh, all right. So, I mean, that sounds like a crime show. I mean, by, by and large. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely does, yeah. It's got, it's got a lot of different types of characters at the very least. But... It, it could be good, but again, it doesn't, from the description alone, appeal to me that much because crime show. Yeah, no, I, I, I concur. I concur. All right, uh, next up. <laughs> NBC is developing a family dramedy uh, called F- uh, For Better and Worse from creators Ian Deachman. Uh, or probably Dickman, probably Dickman in that case. Deichman. 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 No, I suppose. Uh, and Kristen Robinson. Um. Oh, I I almost saw something and said something like just on autopilot because I saw the word Kaplan and I thought, oh, Harry <laughs> Kaplan's Kaplan Entertainment. No, apparently Rachel Kaplan's company, uh, <laughs> Absicon Entertainment. Is what's... It's just not as catchy, is it? No, no. Uh, <laughs> so yes, uh, written by the, the pair that I mentioned anyway, for better and worse, we'll follow the evolution of one couple uh, intercutting between three different stages of their marriage, when they're just starting out to date, when they have young kids, and when they're empty nesters. Didn't we talk about something pretty similar to this not that long ago? Yeah, but I think that one had them like after like they got divorced was one of the stages. This ah, is... you might be right. Yeah. So that this one's similar concept, but maybe not a sad an ending. <laughs> maybe <laughs> until one of them dies. Oh, possibly yes. Uh, so there you go. Uh, next up, NBC is given a strip script commitment with penalty to a sci-fi medical drama. Interesting combination of words there. So this is just a doctor on a spaceship, right? Uh, so this is uh, untitled right now, but it's uh, coming from Joshua Troke, who worked on Good Sam, and uh, Extant in Riviere career. Oh, Extant! I only watched the first episode, but that was terrible. So, um, uh, but that's uh, Mickey Fisher uh, who did that. So written executive produced by Troke, the untitled Joshua Troke project. <laughs> Catchy title. Yeah. Uh, follows, the, follows the hard-working team of doctors caring for the pioneering residents and thrill-seeking visitors on the United States' first lunar colony. <laughs> oh, so different to any other medical drama in history. It just happens to be on, on the moon. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. It's just a medical drama. Happens to be on the moon. It's, 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 this is like, it's a buddy cop, but one of them's a thing. is It's a medical drama. But it's on the moon. I'd say like this is just adding like cost to it, but then I'm thinking, nah, I mean they have to build sets anyway. Like it's really they, they get a couple of CG like establishing shots and they can just reuse them. So I don't know if it actually if, is. if anything, it's just a good excuse to never have exterior stuff. That's true. Just, ev- everything's an interior set. You never have to like get have a scene in the street or anything. So you can just Yeah, yeah that's good. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe maybe once or twice a season you have to do a a moonwalk could you know do a little outdoor thing of you know whatever but i imagine most of it you can just do as indoor like even more than i would expect from most you know medical dramas you can just do as indoor sets yeah that, that makes some sense all right still nbc uh they're developing the chase a crime drama uh from supergirl alumna uh, is a safai and or sorry Tesfai, is it Tesfai? She played uh, Jimmy's sister. I vaguely remember that being a thing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
and she's actually rated in producing this, so she, she's sort of, you know, she, I mean, she, maybe she'll act in it as well, but she's uh, doing the creative side here. Um, the ch- in the chase, when undercover CIA agent Robert Falls, just Robert, I, I, I thought that was, I thought his name was Robert Falls, because I was expecting, I was expecting also, a full name. wouldn't be an unusual name for a character of this type. Yeah, it's not, though, it's just CIA agent Robert. <laughs> just Robert. Agent Robert. Is it just me or is that weird? Right, Did- is that weird to just give the first name? I don't know. It is very weird. Or even Unless if it's, it's his surname. Maybe it's his surname, but even still, I feel like... I, I guess it wouldn't bother me if it was obviously a surname, if it was like Agent Roberts. It, I was just going to say, if it was yeah. Roberts, then you'd be like, yeah, okay. But because it's Robert, it just sounds... Anyway, when undercover CIA Agent Robert falls for his target, Catherine, everything changes. Their body and Clyde escape goes sideways when they're captured by the American government and forced to use their opposing assets and skills to find some of the most wanted criminals in the world. All while learning uh, the other isn't who they thought. So this is buddy cop solving crimes, but they're both... (laughs) Yeah. Like, one was a criminal and the other one was not a criminal, but it's kind of a criminal now because they tried to run away with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I'm pretty sure that was personal professional. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, learn each other isn't they thought that's personal. Yeah, but that, it was yeah, professional. Yeah, learn each other and, and and you know solve the crimes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So assuming he, he the, the the crimes are still a professional capacity and not just a, a little hobby on the side that they've got. I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm sure they'll be yeah. forced to do it. Uh, next up, we're over at ABC, and they've got a medical show. Uh, Who doesn't? So, yes, uh, they've ordered a pilot for medical drama, The Hurt Unit. Uh, comes from Good Promised name. Land creator Matt Lopez and former SEAL Team showrunner John Glenn. Uh, not the astronaut, I assume. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> the Hurt Unit follows a highly skilled team of trauma surgeons and nurses who race into the field to treat their patients uh, who won't make it to the hospital in time. When the sick and the injured can't get to the ER, the Hurt brings the ER to them. <laughs> <laughs> the Hurt's coming for you. That's not what you want to hear, is it? As an emergency <laughs> patient, is it? Don't worry, the hurt's on the way. Oh, dear. Um, oh, God. How many generic medical shows? I mean, I guess the, the gimmick here is that they're, they're going out to location, which is slightly different, I guess, but not that much. You know, yeah. If anything, it's more like a, like a fireman show, like a firefighter show where they're waiting for their call. And then they go oh, out. Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. It's basically just that, but with medical stuff rather than the fires and whatever else firefighters do. Oh, all right. Well, let's go to some CBS. <laughs> CBS has ordered its first series for the 2023 to 2024 season. So this is a little bit early they're doing this. Mm. It's called The Never Game. It's a new drama series that is going to start and be executive produced by Justin Hartley. Uh, who's a hot topic on the TV landscape after This Is Us. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Because ABC orders something with Milo Ventimiglia, so uh, all, all the stars of that show are getting things. It's not surprising, is it? It's easy marketing for yeah. them. Be like, so, hey, hey, look, we, we got one of them. Based, like on, based on the best-selling novel by Jeffrey Deaver, 
The Never game features Hartley as a lone wolf survivalist, Coulter Shaw, who roams the country as a reward seeker, using his expert tracking skills to help private citizens and law enforcement solve all manner of mysteries whilst contending with his own fractured family. Okay, okay. I will drink for that in just a second. When they say reward seeker, I'm pretty sure they mean bounty hunter. It's in quotations, so yeah, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure just, just bounty hunter is, is what they're looking for there. That's not politically correct to say anymore, though. Uh, oh, it, it's, it's not politically correct to call someone a bounty hunter when that's their job. Well, they still have bounties anymore, as uh, we've been beyond bounties. It's, uh... It's, uh... It's Milky Ways. It's open contracts. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> Do you know what's so funny is that I don't think bounties are a thing in the US. The, the I don't think they are. Uh, yeah. So no one got that joke by me. No. So congratulations. Hey, <laughs> all three of our UK listeners got that. This <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so, because if not, where have you been living in the UK? Oh, dear. Um, <sighs> also, everyone should be on from bounties. They're all... I- no, I like I like bounties in Milky Ways, and this is a UK Milky Way because a, a US Milky Way is a very different thing. Uh, a UK Milky Way and a bounty, I like about the same. I think they're both nice alternatives to the typical chocolate bar, which is usually a combination of the same things. You're insane. Yeah. One, clearly the superior answer is Snickers. That's the only chocolate bar that matters. Two. Bounties are objectively just terrible. No one likes them. That's why they got rid of them out of everything. Tons of people like bounties. Just because you literally, just... they literally sell versions of the, the the chocolate boxes at Christmas without bounties because that many people despise bounties. <laughs> Look, you just don't like coconut. That's the problem here. It's not the the bounties the problem. You don't like coconut. That's the issue. That that may be true. I don't like coconut, but. <laughs> I am not alone in not liking the bounty. There, you, you get a box of celebrations. No one's going. Oh, I don't want the Maltesers one. No, no, they're not making versions of the of the celebrations box without Maltesers. They're making versions without the bounties because no one wants the goddamn bounties. No, Joey should make a version without. They should get rid of the Twix. The Twix is shit. Twix is boring. Whoa, 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 whoa! Bounties way better than the Twix, right? Boring. I will. I will accept. But shit, I will not. A Twix is a is a staple. That's that's a standard. The biscuit, the caramel, the chocolate. Yeah, no, 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 no. Piss that, off just... with your Twix, or if you're in Germany in the 80s, uh, the Raid Bar. <laughs> like you yes. could... Thank you for that bit of trivia, Dark. Um, <laughs> or Raider, I guess it was a Raider, actually, I'm thinking about it. But <laughs> um, anyway, this is besides the point. We're going off track here, right? Just, you know. We would never go off track. I, I just, like, of course, the Maltese was the best one. That's, like, no, yeah, one's di- no one's disputing that. But like, Bernie, you know, Bernie and the Milky Way are probably like two and three. Like that's you are insane. That's that's where I feel. Milky Way's up there. I'll give you that. I think I think the Milky Way's underrated. But Bally, no, kick it out. I'll say it right now. I think the Mars Bar's overrated. Do you know what? I again, all this is in the context that I haven't been able to have chocolate in like four years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I could have chocolate, even even a normal size Mars Bar, I, every so often I get a craving for a Mars. I'm like, ooh, go on. I love a Mars. It's too sickening. And I get I get about three quarters of the way through. I'm like, I'm sick of this now. Every time. But 
the little bite-sized ones that you get in celebrations. Oh, I see. Oh, I can yeah, eat them. When, when... They're not unpleasant. It's chocolate caramel and whatever the Mars part is. But, nugget. Uh, well, it's nugget, but it's not like... Milky Way is also nugget, but it's a different type of, type of nugget. Uh, yeah, Milky Way is like soft nugget. Aye. But th this is why the Snickers is better. You take the Mars and you add in nuts. I mean, nuts no, no, are a, a good addition to most chocolate bars. I don't, I don't dispute this. No. Um. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> I, really, I, I, I hate that I really want one now and I can't. You still need a drink I, for this show, though. You've, you, oh, you've, I do. I, I, you, honestly, I completely forgot you. Thank you. you. You've dodged. You've, you've tried I, I to dodge that. Take an uh, do you know what? I love how the phrase... This is, this is about the cheapest stuff I've got. I'm really enjoying this tonight. I love how the phrase Bounty Hunter led to <laughs> five-minute debate on chocolate bars. It was important. Well, I'm on it. Galaxy's better than dairy milk, right? End of discussion. Oh, 100%. Again, I have the same problem where too much of it and it's a bit rich for me. Sure, but... but like, in, in small doses, 100% better. Yes. Um, and I like a Ferrero Rocher, but if I want a posh treat, the Lint Lindor... Uh, Chocolates with the soft chocolate on the inside. I think I prefer the Ferrero Rushes out of the two. I like both. Both are good, but oh. yeah. I, I tell you, what, you know, the, the king of the underrated chocolate, Kinder Buenos. Oh yeah, no, no they're really good. But that's that creamy hazelnut. Well, of course, that's yeah, good. yeah. But like, yeah, it's 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 the best. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. <sighs> uh, uh, oh, I miss it. Oh, and let's not forget the Terry's chocolate orange, also a, a oh, good contender, uh, a, 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 a Christmas staple. Um, anyway, we got more CBS to talk about. <laughs> CBS is developing Citizen Jane, a drama from Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol co-creator. <laughs> Jay... Wait, how, how is he the creator if it's Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol? I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and I, I assume it's... I, I heard the name, I'm like, okay, so this is some sort of play on Citizen Kane. Right. And then you started telling me it's Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. So Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol... I assume there was an adaptation created by JBT because that's what they're saying here. But it just it's, it doesn't sound right when you're saying Dan Brown is the last symbol co-creator. I mean, I guess maybe, maybe co-created with Dan Brown. But if so, why is his name not in the title as well? Dan Brown. That's a bit I, think that's, has, I think he ghostwrites a lot of has ghostwriters for uh, a lot of stuff. This is a bit uh, Bill Finger here getting you know shoved yeah. out for the Batman credit, which is on my main because yeah. I watched a documentary recently. It was very good. But uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> in Citizen Jane, written by B, haunted by her sister's unsolved murder, a law school dropout turns citizen sleuth, partners with a jaded homicide detective seeking redemption to solve cold cases and deliver justice across the country. I was all professional. Aye. Didn't we change it at some point so that Buddy Cop, but one's a thing? Also, was a, a real. Do you want me to die? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> Body cop, but one's a, a law school dropout. That's very specific. Uh, yeah. but... It's very specific. All right, but... CBS, very good. Mm -hmm. All right, next up. Final story, but there's two shows in it, so... You, oh God. Are, you... they, are they both CBS as well? Uh, they're both CBS. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Donnie Wahlberg... Uh, everyone's well, he's a Wahlberg. Uh, he set up two cop dramas at CBS through CBS. And CBS Studios. like cop dramas, yeah, of course we'll take them. <laughs> uh, the developing Samaritan and Harbor Blue uh, are the two shows. Mm -hmm. Go on, tell me so, about how different they are. 
Samarin is after discovering a glitch in an app that notifies her of crimes and emergencies before they happen, a young hustler teams with a grizzled detective to prevent the tragedies from occurring. <laughs> How many shows where it's a cop and someone else doing a buddy cop? But, but, but this time it's a young hustler. It's a young Well, not only that, it's a young hustler who apparently has got some and sort of... magic app. Yeah, it's like sci-fi app, or maybe it's like a supernatural app or something, but it's predicting things. It, it It's like, um, it's a little bit Minority Report, I guess. Yeah. Right, with the predicting, oh, hey, you know, what can they do when they haven't committed the crimes yet? We go off box and we get them anyway. <laughs> I can't believe just how similar some of that wording was to the last story. That's just wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so that's Samarin. And then the other one, uh, Harbor Blue. In it, a team of adrenaline junkies from the NYPD Harbor Unit tasked with securing and policing the 576 miles of treacherous waterfront surrounding all five boroughs uh, of New York, yeah, uh, delivering justice to criminals on and off the water. <laughs> okay, so the water cops. So the water cops, cares. yes. <laughs> just... They're not real cops, are they? I just love the on and off the water is like instead of professional and personal life, they'd put yeah, on yeah. and off the water. Yeah. <laughs> they should have said oh, uh, on true. and under the water. That does sound cooler, but you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, well. <laughs> I just I hate all of them. Every single one of those sounded terrible. And the same. <laughs> they should just combine them all into one show. So you've got a, a law school dropout. Uh, a young hustler with a supernatural app, and they're all solving crimes underwater together. <laughs> That's your bullshit. And and you just have a busted song as your theme. Whatever reference you're making here, I'm not getting. Year three thousand because they live underwater. I still don't get the reference. Is that a song that they've got? Yeah, busted. It's like that one song that everyone knows. Year three thousand. I don't know. What. Not much has changed, but they live underwater. That's, that's, that's hilarious. How do you... How do you don't know? It's just like... You're making me feel like I'm the one who should be stupid here, but this is one of the most well-known song lyrics. <laughs> Look, I was just a little bit old for Busted. When no busted one's too old for Busted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was too busy enjoying... I, I don't know. Limp Biscuit. What year was this? I don't know. Early 2000s. New metal. System of a Down, yes. I was listening to New Metal at the time. I yeah. wasn't paying attention to Busted. You could do both. I, I was just... I was a cat. Yeah. That's a claim in It's a really good job that's an old chair because it has been ripped to shreds. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, trust me. I know my chair's been ripped to shreds. The cats just, yeah. you know, jump up and... Cause chaos. But there you go. That is the last TV news. The last almost cancelled of 2022. Uh, which made I, it a good one. Yeah, I think... Because we, we brought this back in, like, April or something like that, and I think we've done, like, 28... This is, like, episode 27 of the year or something like that, so not too bad going, uh, all things considered. But obviously, we'll be going through the whole year next next year, so uh, we'll have even more. And you can, uh, you know, uh, support the show by going to patreon.com slash TV and uh, support us that way, or, uh, you know, like, subscribe, ding the bell, let us know in the comments what you thought of any of the stories. Um... What was the best chocolate bar? Uh, especially if you're in the UK and it's relevant. Uh, that yeah, yeah, said, we, though, we, 
if I'm bringing in American chocolate, like a Butterfinger is really nice. Like I have to admit, like yeah, you know. And Reese's peanut right. butter cups are also fantastic. Again, so. th- they're all right. Yeah, but I'd still take a Snickers over anything. A UK Snickers. I think American Snickers are a bit different. I still got to think. I don't think Snickers are that. I mean, they may taste slightly different just because of different recipes. Because yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I've heard that they're, they're different. Ha- having recently been in the US and noticing that all drinks taste different. Yeah. Like, Coke tastes different. Monster tastes different. They all taste different. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like, like I'm saying, like, a UK Snickers is the superior choice. But you've never had Unless an American... you have an allergy. you never had an American Snickers, though, so you don't know that. Uh, no, but every American chocolate I've had has underwhelmed me. In comparison, the like, chocolate it's just, it's just on the raw chocolate. Oh yeah, the raw chocolate is, but well, there's nothing in the UK that like is a like equivalent to a butterfinger. A butterfinger no, is not. a unique thing. I, I agree, which is why I'm saying Snickers to Snickers. I'm I, I'm willing to put money on the UK one being better. And, I, and I'll give them points for the variety of pop tarts. Like the UK has like two flavors of pop tart. It's depressing. Nah, I don't care for pop tarts. <sighs> uh, I don't see the appeal. If anyone needed evidence of why Connor is <laughs> worthless. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like bounties I'm, 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 I'm like not an 8 year old who needs a sugary breakfast I don't have to for breakfast I have, no, do you know I have for breakfast don't, but... I have bran flakes and oat milk I have like the most boring yet healthy breakfast that one could probably have oh that's even more boring than mine <laughs> if, if I have breakfast it's crunching or cornflakes uh, they're nice but they're sugary they're quite sugary but they are but they got nuts in, so they're better. Hey, what are you having with your cereal? You can't drink milk. Uh, oh, oh, milk. Oh, milk. Oh, milk's good for you. That is good for your your blood lead pressure. Yeah, but it's it's boring, isn't it? It's not the same. <laughs> it's really annoying with coffees because it doesn't steam as well. So you have to, have to pay extra for the barista versions. <laughs> and it's just uh... oh, someone you know, get yeah. the violin out. <laughs> There's yeah. a lactose ginger on the podcast that he's miserable. I'm always miserable. That's fine. I'm used to it. I should really say lactose intolerant. It sounds a bit weird if you see your lactose. I'm like... a lactose ginger. <laughs> you can milk him. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend you try, though. That's the, that's the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, have, have a nice holiday season, everyone. Uh, obviously, there's still going to be content get up on the channels. Uh, there'll be you know various TV reviews sprinkled throughout, um, and obviously over male fuzz movies, there'll be episodes of uh, you know Ace screams and collector's cut. So uh, go go and have a look at uh, all those and stuff. Uh, the Avatar two review, for example, will be out uh, early next week. So go and uh, <laughs> go and check it. out but that's us thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv have you got any vanilla